This is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working With People by PaveStep. The Working With People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Bethany here with us today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am awesome. It's Friday. I can't complain. Um, Where are you calling in from today? I'm calling in from beautiful Maine. We got some nice snow on the ground and people are enjoying their snow winter activities. Awesome. 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 So today we're going to be talking about, you know, quote unquote, old school versus quote unquote, new school management. But before we get there, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about you, what you do, what you're all about. Sure. So I am currently head of human resources for Element Technologies, which is a manufacturer of something called refractory metals out of Lewiston, Maine. And I've been in HR in almost my entire career, about 19 years. And I have found that it's a great area to help impact companies across all the departments, because really an organization is made up of the people that work for it. So being over the people and helping the people succeed, you really help that organization succeed. Awesome. Awesome. So how do you define old school versus new school management styles? Tell us a little bit more about, you know, what your thoughts are there. Absolutely. So old school is kind of that when you think of the boss or the manager, especially in kind of older movies, it's this mentality of you shouldn't have to do anything other than work and you get a paycheck. So (laughs) you shouldn't have any kind of reason to be unhappy or feel like you need extra recognition because that paycheck you bring home is all the validation that you should need. And you really should not have a say in anything because I'm the boss, I'm the leader. I tell you what to do and you do it. And it's not your place to question. Basically, if I say jump, you say how high. So it's that top-down leadership that is very hierarchical. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of older or large companies kind of get in that mindset where they just say, okay, the top knows best. And so, because we're the smartest, everyone else should just do what we say. And so there's not really any kind of thought to getting to know the people or even looking at the people in that company, in that department as individuals. It's more looking at them as labor, which is a resource to be Mm -hmm. used in order to generate the end goal or product or service, whatever it may be. So there's no real thought to the psychology of a person or any kind of connection. And, you know, in, in days past, when we weren't as developed and evolved socially, that's really how people were, you know, it's what was expected and people didn't think about any alternative. So that's why we call it old school because that's how it used to be. Yep. And new school is really about how we're evolving as a society, as people in general, and how organizations and their leadership needs to evolve in, a, in order to be able to retain talent, get the best talent, and to be able to continue to adjust as the world continues to change and grow. So as we know, 
change has sped up more and more over time. And we've seen many companies file bankruptcy. And in many cases, that's because they weren't able to change and adapt when their environment changed and adapted. And right. so, you know, whatever happened, the supply, the demand, you know, it wasn't matching up, whatever the case was. So new school is about understanding that everyone has an important contribution to make. And it's about understanding the contribution of those people in a company is really what makes a business successful or not. So it's looking to harness everyone's abilities, their minds, their hearts, their bodies, right? Their actions and put all of those together and take all of that kind of crazy conglomerate and make it into something that allows the company to be successful, to adapt, right? So one of the, you know, best stories is Kmart, right? Kmart versus Walmart. Mm. And Kmart was like the top, the best. And they were always like, okay, we don't need to change because we're the best. So we're doing it the best. And so they just didn't look at anything and they said, okay, this is how we do it. And we're always going to be the best. And here's Walmart. Walmart has this other culture which is all about like listening to people and trying to evolve and trying new things and hmm. continuing to adapt and grow and having that people focused approach. And they surpassed Kmart to the point where, you know, Kmart is what it is today. So, so to me, that's the best illustration of kind of that old school versus that new school approach. And gotcha. it's really, you know, as a leader, understanding that in many cases, you may have all the power, but the people who are doing the work have all the knowledge because they're in it every day. And right. so listening to them and understanding that someone who is engaged and motivated is going to put forth A, a lot more effort, but B, the caliber of what they accomplish is going to be at a different level than someone who is just doing something so that they can earn a paycheck. Right. So, Somebody who's just punching in and out. <laughs> right. So to me, someone, uh, you know, who works to create a new school approach in their organization is someone who's forward thinking and says, I want my company to be successful for the long run, to be able to adapt for anything that it can throw at it. And, you know, I think you see in today's environment with COVID and the kind of great reshuffle that we have going on the companies who are struggling more are the ones that haven't been working on that culture and connection you know there's this one saying which is pretty prevalent people don't leave jobs they leave their managers right. and what that really speaks to is the connection to the company the connection to the team and obviously the connection of who they report to Makes sense. And, and, you know, when you think about the leaders and managers, obviously they play a very critical role in, in, you know, this, you know, implementing this kind of new school management style, as well as employee development engagement, of course, which are all related. Any tactical things you've seen work really well, where, you know, you've got a bunch of managers, maybe they're new, maybe they're, you know, seasoned and you're like, okay, here are the, here are the things that I've seen work really well uh, in terms of employee development and engagement. Any, any, anything you've seen? So I would say that the approach probably is going to differ as far as tips um, mm. between someone who's newer to leadership mm. versus someone who's more long-term. So if we start with someone who's newer, a lot of the time, 
part of that tendency to be that more closed off approach is related to not being comfortable. So then you become overbearing and more like you do what I say because you don't want people to necessarily see that you don't know what you're doing, right? (laughs) And so it's really understanding that great leaders, um, A, are comfortable to admit when they don't know anything and really the ones who are the best leaders really just surround themselves with other people who know things and unleash them and help connect them but b great leaders stay true to themselves and so they know who they are and that that in my own personal leadership growth and development process uh it was kind of a journey because you Mm. see all these other people who are great leaders and you want to be like them. And so you're trying to kind of emulate that because everyone likes this person, but to be a truly great leader, you have to know yourself and you say, this is how I connect with people. This is the right approach for my personality, you know, if, and just be yourself and say, this is what I can bring to the table and try to uncover other people's potential and what they can bring to the table too. Keep them engaged, remove barriers to their success and really just let them run with it. So that's kind of how I would talk to a newer leader and help them phrase or frame that perspective. Um, You know, the other hard thing about a new leader is understanding, you know, how how hard is too hard, right? You wanna have expectations, but how high should they be? Right. And when do you address performance issues and and those are things that if you you know again if you have that humility to say you know what I don't know that and find another person that you can bounce ideas off of depending on how your personality is either you'll talk and you'll figure it out yourself or you'll find someone who's like okay you know they'll help you think through it and they'll use their expertise and um, so understanding that as as a newer leader you don't have to do it yourself. The, the successful people say, I can't do it myself. Right. And they right. don't yeah. try. Yeah. And I, I love how, you know, you talked about, you know, being, you know, having that kind of humility. Right. And, and it's interesting because what I've seen work well, especially with new managers who've like taken on a new project where there aren't much, there isn't many, there aren't many, you know, precedents, right. You, mm-hmm. you know, I, what I've seen work well is like, the leader being like, hey, look, this is a first for all of us, including my role. Uh, we're going to set these objectives and project milestones, but we're going to be flexible for a first little while because we don't know what we don't know, right? And, and I think, you know, you know, holding themselves accountable for updating that and, and getting new perspective and iterating as they, you know, continue on the projects. I think that's really, really important, holding themselves accountable for that. That's right. And when I think about when I was a new leader, I was like, you know, so serious about the... <laughs> responsibility that I had, you know, and I just had to make sure it was done right. And so I was so focused on that task. And, you know, it took that practice to understand the way you get to a successful task completion is by focusing on the people who are doing it and being patient and being caring and supportive in their development too. Makes sense. Awesome. What about the experienced managers? What's, what's something that, you know, you, you've done tactically to help them, you know, kind of boost or reboost their, you know, team members development and engagement. So, you know, those who have maybe 
spent more of their careers in that old school environment that it's a different kind of challenge because that's how they've always been treated you know right. and they grew up saying this is how it is this is how you have to accept things so it's more like breaking that mental framework and approach to be like you know the inclination is well it's always been this way and everyone was fine with this before like why are these sissies out here like why do you <laughs> care about all this frou-frou stuff and you know helping them understand it's not it's not necessarily an either or it's more about understanding how can you do better right mm -hmm. how much better could you do if you're doing it this way and then getting them to like take a couple like practice runs what I found in HR is there will be different scenarios come up with, you know, maybe someone leaves or someone comes in and they're having a hard time learning or connecting and that starts a conversation. And then we just have conversations about it. And, you know, what if you just try to talk to them this way and help them very gradually understand that you as a leader want to try to adapt your style for what a person needs to be successful. Mm -hmm. And part of that is understanding we're in a different environment because people have lots of choices of employers. And if they're not happy, they can just go seek someone else and somewhere else. Um, so help them understand that making someone happy is going to help them basically, you know, have to, do less work, have an easier job, and be better at their job. Um, so it's more like the what's in it for me kind of approach. Mm -hmm. And how is it going to make me more successful or um, my job easier or make more sense? Because really, it's about like, that's a lot of extra things that doesn't really make sense to me in terms of trying. So help them understand why it, it makes sense. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, that's, this is super helpful. And I think, you know, in the remote and virtual environment, this is you know, even more critical than before. Right. And it's because, um, you know, implementing this kind of mindset and process around new school management styles, I'm sure has been uh, more difficult throughout the remote and digital tools. Um, any thoughts there on what people should be thinking about when it comes to some of the challenges they should be thinking about or you know some of the solutions that they should be thinking about in the hybrid or virtual world of work yes i can think of a couple things and the first thing that comes to mind is when you're not regularly connecting with someone you know crossing them in the hallway able to just go to their office and and chat it can be easy to fall into this habit where you're not actually taking the time to have conversations so mm -hmm. As a leader, I think it's extremely important to set up weekly touch bases and really talk through what's going on, you know, what they've accomplished that week, what their challenges are, any kind of feedback you have for them, and really have a, a set one-on-one -on -one schedule, as well as, you know, a, a weekly or bi-weekly meeting with the team to take time to align because that connection is so important and can easily be lost. And, yeah. um, you know, people that I've talked to, actually, you know, I've been hiring for some jobs this week that um, the majority of the people wanted to come work here in part because they did not like working remotely. They did not like that disconnect 
from other people. So how do you keep them engaged and feel connected is to have that more scheduled one-on-one -on -one time. Um, and then on the approach side too, when you look at how do you lead, right? Is it, are you just going to throw out all these expectations of I need this done and I need this done and I need this done? Cause that would be old school of get it done. No excuses. Are you done? Yes, no. If not, you're in trouble, right? But more make it be about give them that kind of expectation and the structure and work through all those details in those weekly check-ins and be more fluid with it. Help them, you know, just share what, they're working on what they're accomplishing and then what are their goals how do you stretch them so try to give them some stretch assignments to keep them challenged keep them stimulated as well right 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 awesome i mean those are all the big questions that i had thank you so much for your time bethany where can the audience find you and your thought leadership so i am on linkedin so you can find me there my name is bethany Turan, t-u-r-o-n and uh, please don't hesitate to connect and reach out with any thoughts and questions, conversation topics. Awesome. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to Working With People by PaveStep. Feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com slash podcast. Thank you, Bethany. Thank you.